the volume. What's up, everybody? Alex Monaco here. Thank you for watching the Moneyline Monaco podcast on the Volume Sports YouTube channel. We are live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, wherever you get your pods. We are on Amazon, AMP, streaming Monday through Friday, making picks, making bets. It's us first, though, books. I'm trying to win with you. So come follow me at Moneyline Monaco. Let's win together. Here we go. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Absolutely fired up to be with you, Alex Monaco. Volume Sports live on AMP. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your pods. Make sure to check us out and all of our content on the Volume Sports YouTube channel. What a Jokic and Nuggets Game one victory. Before we dive into a quick debrief on that and all things Celtics Heat game one, I want to introduce you to a new Moneyline Monaco sponsor. It is game time. The fastest growing ticketing app in the world. That's right. For last minute amazing deals on tickets to NBA, NHL, or MLB games, check out Game Time. And it doesn't stop at sports. Game Time even has tickets to concert and comedy shows too. Download the Game Time app and redeem code MONACO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter code MONACO. That's M O N A C O for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Joker in his habitat. I mean, you want to talk about. Just calling what we saw in that first half, really the first three quarters, but let's separate the two halves because it was a tale of two halves. A Nuggets win, a sick Scotty Van, I don't know what to call it, even Steven Shiloh a buff beat down the middle. Here's the sick part. Some people got five and a half. Some people got six. Some people got six and a half. We had six. It opened at five and a half. So the people that got the closing line, if you took the Lakers, covered on a Jokic split free throw at the end. And in Austin Reeves, highly unnecessary foul, might I add. And almost the second one, Mr. 15. Cool it. Do you not know the game within the game? We all play. But Vegas hits it on the nose. And this was a performance and a half. And they talk about the Denver altitude more so in in Bronco games than anything indoors. My gosh, you want to talk about a Laker team that just looked lethargic, a team that was huffing and puffing. It was as if they were off a certified Celtic seven game series, barely any time to relax coming in and, and, utter really exhaustion from the Lakers side in the first quarter in the first half. It's the first thing I noticed. You looked at the offensive boards. You looked up within minutes, seven boards on offense for the Nuggets, one for the Lakers within minutes. Jokic, and I tweeted it out. I think he had eight boards in his first eight minutes. It was the fastest route to a double-double. I don't know if they they threw that up. I have ever seen. 
I have ever seen. Now, the tale of two halves after the 34-21-14 evening that only has been done four times in the history of the playoffs, and this man has done it two of them. We sit back and we, we really have to say that the Lakers are actually, based off the second half that they showed all of us, and I think we're in lockstep. I mean, the Nuggets got the win, but the Lakers gave themselves really a good loss. There's really no such thing when you get into the playoffs as a good loss, more so as the regular season. You can build off something of sorts. But in this going to be grinded out six-game, seven-game series, what Ham did, which was go to Rui Hachimura, covering Jokic, and I have the numbers in front of me, and he guarded him just a smaller sample size, but it was the discrepancy of Jokic when he was being guarded by AD, 15 plays on 10 of 13 shooting at 1.53 points per play at 23 points on AD covering him on 77% shooting. I mean, that, that, that three-pointer at halftime where it didn't even look like he was trying to throw it in. He just throws up a lucky charms, tastes the rainbow three, and it swooshes. Was incredible. Truly incredible. But what this game showed us, and really AD and LeBron had an excellent game one. Statistics-wise, it was very impressive. 26 and 40 between them. Reeves gave you 23. And, and Hachimura 17 was incredible. You could go on the other side and say that it was equally as balanced and impressive what Gordon did with Porter and his 15 and his threes. Caldwell Pope, another berserk. And I even said this, by the way. I said this when we were building our same game parlay. Players against their former teams is fun to bet on from a prop dot. In the regular season, always. Playoffs, we'll see. Well, Kentavia shattered his threes, shattered his points prop. Something to keep in mind moving forward. And Bruce Brown was 16. So they did everything right on the Nuggets side. They outboarded a team in the Lakers that was outboarding the Warriors all series, outboarding the Grizzlies most of the time all series. And blocks, turnovers, points in the paint, most of these, most of these categories. All lean nuggets. Now, they shot eerily, both 54% from the field. Nuggets had four more three-pointers. And actually, the Lakers got to the line a little more. So I would say, when you look at the halves and, and the quarter breakdowns, and the Nuggets outscore them by, the, by 12 in the first, the Lakers outscore them by 12 in the second half, and you look at a six-point quarter win in the second by the Nuggets, there's your difference, and it's ridiculous to say that two of those absurd threes at the end, Murray had the other, are a difference here. Again, I'll repeat myself and sound like a broken record. I work with a very, I would say, respected NBA vet out the league who was known for his defense, and he says the way you, and it's mainly defensively, close out a half and a game says everything about the tempo of your team when you break for the huddle. And the Lakers, really in that first half, they battled a little bit there in that midway to the second third of the, the second quarter, but then they just gave it right back. And that was 
that that tended to be a little debilitating. I, I tell you guys, I like to watch body language. I like to see where the leaders are carrying themselves non-verbally. I, I mean, again, I got a majors in communication, baby. You, you break down communication and most of it's non-verbal. If you're, if you're really calling a spade a spade, LeBron gave a couple exhales. AD gave a couple head scratches. It's like, we're not going to stop this dude. We, if we're sitting here saying that anyone other than the Joker is the best player in the world, we're killing ourselves. We're kidding ourselves. We're, we're lying to ourselves. He's the best player in the world. He showed it again. He showed it again. Now, I saw an interesting debate between JJ and Stephen A on first take this morning about is it fair to call him the best player in the world if the Lakers win the series? Well, look, statistically, it's not even close. Statistically, it's not even close. And the argument, there is nobody else. Jokic is at the top of the mountain. But I see the debate and the conversation. If he can't get past the Lakers, doesn't win the MVP, then, then you go down that debate road. But let's just sit here and appreciate and applaud what we saw. And then on the Lakers side, same thing with the adjustments. I've already punched in my Lakers plus six game two ticket. I love them in game two. I absolutely love them because this Denver role-playing unit They've been able to rely here on a little bit of a humble winning streak with a Bruce Brown 25 and two great Contavious performances. Can a Michael Porter continue to be steady Eddie? Can Aaron Gordon continue to be his normal 12, 14-ish self? And Jamal Murray's got an earache. I tip my fro to him. He played magnificent as well. And shout out to our AMP live chat for building a great same game parlay that missed on my Anthony Davis recommendation of 12 boards, but we cashed and our team cashed on the same game parlays. We hit Reeves recommended Murray recommended, and we had a nice, really a nice look there down the stretch. AD just started slow on the board. Something to also think about. Jokic swallowed up almost every one of AD's boards, and then just from a prop thought there with Davis to give you 40, but not round out the double-double to the very end, he's clearly going to have his onus and his focus on the offensive scoring side and maybe relinquish a little bit of Jokic's duties, and that might affect his rebound. All right, let's get in to the Eastern Conference Finals, the Celtics and the Heat. Third time in four years. Absolutely incredible. Incredible. Oh, and, and if I didn't say I'm, I'm going to double down on the Lakers to win the series at a beautiful price right now. Let me read it to you. Of plus 240, I don't think you're getting that. I do not think you're getting that the rest of the series. Minus 280 is a huge overreaction, in my opinion, by the books for Denver to win this series. I did not hedge all of my Lakers futures to win the West. We're rolling living AP dangerously. All right. So this, this Boston Miami series, we remember real quick on the storyline, Miami sauced them pretty quickly in the bubble, went on to face the Lakers in the finals, came back last year. Boston could have closed them out. Didn't Miami forced a game seven in their place. Jimmy buckets goes for the game winning threes, not a three point shooter. Instincts got the best of them, missed it. Celtics went on the loose to the Warriors, and here we are. Now, just the second Miami Heat team uh, being the eighth seed to ever get this far. 
the New York Knicks in 99, the only other. Now, they come in betting-wise, Boston off a of four and three straight up, clearly and against the spread mark as a host at the TD Garden this season. Miami comes in four and two against the spread in the road role in this playoffs and eight and three straight up and covering overall in the tournament. So just so we know with an eight point spread as we speak, Miami plus eight, they are eight and three against the spread in the tournament. And Miami as a road team against the Knicks specifically, pretty darn good defensive rating at 108. And let me remind you, I'm done with talking Knicks, but a but a top five offensive efficiency team once Thibodeau went to a nine-man rotation on December 5th the rest of that season. So really, a pretty darn good Knicks offensive team this year that the Miami Heat team looked excellent against. Now, you go down the, the, the statistics for these teams, and they're down the middle on a sick amount of categories. I mean, literally so evenly matched. Both teams give up 108. The Celtics score 115 to the Keats 113. They split on the season. And this is a matchup that as far as keys to the series, I, I said this on Monday, we got a point to it because Eric Spolstra is... In the driver's seat for a serious coaching mismatch. Now, rock with me for a second. Missoula hasn't done a terrible job by any means. In fact, I do think he is a here-to-stay coach. He's got some old-school tendencies. I don't know that he's commanded these group of men out the gate like Ime did. I, I can't sit here and, and I'm not in the locker room. I'm not studying it that closely within Celtics' in internal dynamics. But from afar, watching how they handled the Sixers series, where really, you don't have winners on the Sixers that Boston had to go against. They're going to go against a couple of champions and a coach, Kyle Lowry, among others, on this bench that have been to the NBA Finals and have been battle-tested. And that's one thing the Knicks learned in the hard way. And I believe with Colin, when he talks about the NBA being a a growth maturation league, step-by-step, brick-by-brick. Both teams have graduated from the ECF, Heat and Celtics, respectively. But Missoula has not been here. And again, I'm less than a 1,000 days younger than this guy. I can't even fathom being this young in this spot. It's not McVeigh. He wasn't picked out of nowhere. And I I just find it fascinating what a challenge in in really a NBA playoff theme might I add that if you lose, apparently you get five. Budenholzer, Monty Williams, Doc Rivers, Nick Nurse. It's fascinating. This has been the Dr. Evil press the red button. Will Ferrell, I'm still here. I'm just very badly hurt firing of NBA coaches. All right. We look at, and I want to start with the heat here. I really do. A Miami Heat team that has defined the odds in a lot of way. Because you look at them, they have the worst point differential of the teams remaining. They allow the most points per game of the teams remaining. They have the worst defensive rating among the teams remaining, seventh in the playoffs. And they're also the worst rebounding team. Now, they've benefited off of, obviously, some 
like great coaching teams do, things that the other team, small ball, whatever you want to call it, you want to call it baseball-esque football, don't turn the ball over, don't, you know, no, no flags. This Heat team is capitalizing off of opponents shooting terribly in this playoffs from the free throw line. Turnover battle-wise, they're in a great spot. And you're looking at Miami, and, and this is a key element, and I do think it holds weight. Because these trends, how much do they matter in the playoffs? There is a man on the heat, and, and, and let me know in the chat. This is a team with Kyle Lowry off the bench, by the way, giving you something special this playoffs. When he gives you 10 or more points, the Miami Heat are 6-0 and with a double-digit margin of victory. 6-0. and so Miami, who, and he had a 15-point combined number in the points category in the two losses to the Knicks, by the way, just, just for what it's worth. Now, Miami has eight guys, not including Duncan Robinson, that are averaging double digits, a couple guys not playing. But this team, you know, Collins talked about it. I've heard it be, be talked about by uh, NBA Countdown, among others. The amount of men that are undrafted on this team, that are buying into their roles. And this is a weird way to look at it. But Hero going out and Oladipo going out required more of every one of these guys on this team. And it also sort of opened up a little more clearly defined roles of those stepped-up spots. I mean, if you're telling me otherwise, then you're lying to yourself. They've all stepped up. Kevin Love has stepped up wonderfully. Duncan Robinson, and I have a number here to back that up as well, has been sensational when he's on the court. Actually, the Heat have the best plus minus per 100 possessions with Duncan on the floor at a plus 16.8 margin. That is incredible. Now, We've also looked at this heat and dissected them saying, oh, they're a bunch of three-point live-and-die type team on the wins and losses. That's, that's what it dictated off of. Actually, no, that's the Celtics, and we'll talk that out in a second. This Miami Heat team won two games, two games against the Knicks, only hitting seven three-pointers and a certified blowout in the 105-86 win. They were seven for 32. I've spoke on this throughout the reaction Heat Knicks series. The Heat actually bodied the Knicks at what they do well, which was scary, and dominate them and insert their will in the paint. Bam did it in the closeout game in game six, and they did it a couple of times. Now, here's where Spolstra to me starts to get a little interesting with the schematics. He's come out and given you different concepts defensively. The Celtics are very good at this as well. They play a lot of chestnut checkers with matchups, with style. I mean, they even gave you Bobby Williams, Robert Williams, Time Lord, inserted into the lineup, which I thought was an excellent choice in game six and seven for the Seas against the Sixers. We'll see what they do. Interestingly enough, do they go back to Derek White to start? Do they keep Robert Williams in? Horford has just, I don't know. He tells a, a reporter he's an excellent shooter and he's, he hits a great night and he goes cold again. I don't know what kind of Al Horford offense we're going to get. We know we're going to get defense. We know we're going to get rebounds from him. It's going to be interesting how the big shakeout in this series. 
but it's not really a battle of bigs here. This is a really, this is a perimeter, I believe, series. And then on top of that, who is actually going to insert more dog? Who is going to play the physical defense? Who is going to impose their will in the paint? Because again, this this series could live on the three-point line. But I think Miami is going to take advantage of what they did well against the Knicks. And I don't want to call this Boston Celtics team not the defense they were from last year, but statistically they're not. And they didn't bury in a couple of those close games, which kind of scares me, the Sixers. They didn't even close out the Hawks in the best way I would have wanted them. Now, I selfishly want Lakers Celtics as a fan, as a better, as we segue into the night with eight. How do you not take eight points? Eight points. I mean, that is something to me that is absolutely worth nibbling on after what we're talking about. Now, Spolstra has a scary game one number. That is worth talking out. He lost his first two playoff series as a coach, but since then his game ones, he is he is well over 70% in the win column on wins and losses in game one of playoff series. We've seen it before, and I can't really feel comfortable that Missoula outcoached Doc Rivers. Did he bury him? I don't necessarily know. This is a lot of points for a team that keeps it close, that mucks it up, and is excellent at adjusting on the fly. So what they could throw at this Celtics team tonight is a combination of different matchups on a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, a different combination of defensive schemes. I expect to see the zone at some point. Supposed to throw that out, threw that out a lot at the beginning of the second quarter in the Knicks series, a little bit out the halftime gate. How will that factor in? I don't think we'll see it as much because the Celtics, the Celtics three-point shooting is incredible. Now let's talk Boston for a second. Not going to sit here and talk only Miami Heat. Boston's the better team on paper, the more talented team on paper and on the eyeball test. We're not going to sit here and lie to you. Now Boston's 31-1 and one on the season when they shoot 40% or over, 27-24 and 24 when they do not. When I tell you they are live and die by the three or pedestrian when they don't hit from three, it is in the Costco sample size of the season. They're also now only still one loss to five wins, might be six now, because I believe they did it in game seven. They did shooting over 40%. They're shooting the best three-point number in the playoffs left at 39.5, ironically half a percent lower than that number to give you that exact stat, but they're scoring 118 and this prolific 50 burger from Jason Tatum cannot be understated. He has been in game six and seven, and I would say game six, fourth quarter him. And then game seven, he has been him. He has been Jimmy Butler esque. If we're giving him his flowers and we should. Now, the Celtics team also leads the postseason in true shooting at 60%. This is a team that has, on average, twice as many assists as they do turnovers. Now, as much as I speak on Spolstra and Missoula and the coaching mismatch, there are a lot of player coaches on this Celtics team. 
Jalen Brown and Tatum, I believe, have that in them. I certainly believe that Marcus Smart has an ability to be a, a player coach. I think he's actually the vocal leader on this team, not named Al Horford. And Al Horford is one of that ilk as well. Now, if we're talking game one, and I do lean, I do lean Miami with the points. It's it's too many points. And last thing I'll say on that side, there's a real number out there that's less than 40% hitting against the spread on teams in the playoffs coming off game sevens, just game sevens. So you win a game seven, you come into a new series in game one. How do you fare? Under 40% against the spread. Now the line is steaming the other way. We could have reverse line movement. We'll see. But this is a Miami Heat team. And I saw Jimmy Butler talking this out. Press conference, very calm, very Hemi-esque. We're going to win this series. We're going to do what we need to do like we always do. And Miami knocked off the box, knocked off a very, very pesky New York Knicks team. And, you know, Boston's play with their food a little bit here. Six games versus the Hawks, seven versus... This Sixers team off a full series against and season last year. I mean, how much does Boston have left in the tank? Because Miami, and you can't cap desperation, is coming in Snickers hangry. They had the finals in their grasp last year. So they're going to come in, I would like to think, with way more enthusiasm in the first quarter than the Celtics. I'm not saying the Celtics and their crowd and everything. There just might be a little bit of a Boston hangover tonight. I think if there is a split somehow in this series, it would be game one. Just my prerogative. I imagine you're going to slam me in the volume sports YouTube comments, but I'm not here for faceless trolls. We get in to the same game parlay. Let's dance on some same game action. Now, I have it crafted a little. I'm going to go to my guys. In the chat, Matt, Sean, Omar throwing in Kyle Lowry. We have to start with. And my guys on it, Omar, averaging 13 against Boston on the season. We know what he's done in wins, losses, I think, tonight. And Gabe Vincent didn't have the same series against the Knicks he had against the Bucks. Shooting wise, I think they're going to lean on Lowry a lot. In this series, they're going to ask a lot of him on the defensive side as well. But just what he's done in the Knicks series. And again, particularly those wins without repeating ourselves. I love Lowry 10 plus points here. And it's excellent value because his over under is 10 and a half. Now that gives you a little little blues clue as to where the book is looking moving forward in this series. To our chat's point, 13 is where he rests. He could comfortably get 15, especially when he starts hitting those threes. Now, the second player I want to look at, and it's going to sound a little bit repetitive, but Jason Tatum continues to rebound. And he is actually lower on 10-plus boards tonight at minus 135 than he is otherwise in that last series against the Sixers. They really were starting to catch up to him on the books. I don't know. That 10 boards, I, I I love it in the sense. Now, his last five, 10, 18, 10, 9, and 13. Only one in the last five has he gone under, and it was by a board. 
I have a, I, I'm a little nervous because he had such a prolific game seven. Does he calm down a little? Does he regress a tick? Does he get nine boards instead of 10? It's the only thing I'm worried about a little bit, a little bit, but I'm going to take, I'm going to take the eight just because we need, ah, no, I'm going to take the 10. I'm going to take the 10. We need, we need it. We need a juicy payout. We need a win and it needs to happen. Now, Bam Adebayo had himself a series and really a last couple games to close out against the Knicks. I don't see him slowing down. 19 and 10 in that series went shooting just shy of 53%. He is a certified bucket. Anywhere around the free throw line, give him any space. He hits that beautiful shot. Great footwork. Now, he's breached his scoring prop each of the final three in that series. 16 and a half, twice and 18 and a half was his numbers. He had 23, 18, and 23. How has he done against the Celtics this season? Incredibly well. Even better numbers than he just put up. 25 points. He's averaging 25 in the four games against the Celtics on the season. 19, 23, 28, and 30 in that 98, 95 win. We have to put it, bam, out of bio. Now, his points prop sits at 18 and a half. We take 15. We take 15. It's juiced, but it's it's a weird number. And you already know I'm putting Miami in, and Miami gets us over to five to one. The Heat plus eight. I, I feel good about it. I mean, if the Heat win, and I actually believe they can come out and potentially do this. Now, look, if the Celtics come out and smack Miami in game one, then, oh, baby, this could be this could be 4-1-4-2. I just don't feel that in my gambling gut. I don't. The Celtics have not shown us defensively, except, except for down the stretch in game six and game seven. But remind ourselves. Last thing I'll say, Joel MB, <laughs> Joel M, NBA MVP Embiid never made a conference finals. James Harden, James Harden in the fourth quarter in school, in several games in that series, i.e. there's no clutch factor. There's no guy that wanted that ball and Embiid's going to sit there like the BFG that he is and complain that he didn't get the ball in game six in the last four minutes. That's on you, my guy. Can you even imagine Shaquille O'Neal taking that stance? Take me back to the OOs. SoCal soft up in here. God, Miami don't complain. Miami show up and ball. Rain, snow, sleet, sunshine. Collins made an excellent observation about this team in a city, in a 305 zip code of partying, South Beach, Collins Ave, and adult Disneyland. These guys are locked in, absolute menaces, play both sides of the ball, make the right play, don't have an ego bone in their body. How do you not want to root for the Miami Heat here, team here? I'm quite frankly a little burnt out on Boston. A little burnout. They're burning me out. Winning Dominator don't. Because Miami is not. 
playing with their food. So we got Miami plus eight on the game. I may sprinkle on three to one. Three to one? Well, 25 bucks, 100 for me. That is a nice three to one payout. Now they get smoked, they get smoked, but this will get corrected immediately if Miami wins. This spread goes down to four and a half, five for game two, in my opinion. Lowry, 10 plus points to my guy Omar in the chat, averaging 13. Two, Tatum averaging 10 plus boards in this playoffs. And for the last five, my guy Matt in the chat, Tatum lock, lock it in 10 plus boards. Bam Adebayo, 15-plus, averaging 25 against Boston and in excellent soccer form, might I add. And we will go with plus 554 on the payout with that heat plus 8 in there. Appreciate every one of you in the chat, listening on volume. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. And, of course, don't forget to hug your mothers. The Volume.